All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of Other Tone. In this episode, we caught up with Zendaya, the coolest girl in Hollywood. She's incredible. Listen, I've always been a fan, but I gotta, um, I gotta be honest. Like, she took it to another level. If that's even a thing. You guys are gonna love this episode. She was in Atlanta uh, shooting Spider Man, and we got a chance to catch up with her, and it was it was awesome. It was awesome, man. I really enjoyed it. But before we get started, I want you to text 757-767-4431. Again, that number is 757-767-4431. Let us know what you think about the show and the guests that we have up here. Let's get in the conversation. You ready for this? I'm ready for this. Other don't. don't, don't, don't. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> if you're going to commit, commit. <laughs> okay, we're in there. <laughs> Damn, was this supposed to be your breaks in there? Oh, no. I've been chilling out here. We haven't really started to get to my stuff too much yet, so I've been having a lot of downtime. So I've just been literally kicking it. What are you working on out there? Um, I'm on Spider-Man right now. Oh, wow. You know. Flex. Just doing a little Spider-Man movie, you know. A little, little some some. You know, one of the reasons why I admire you is because fame itself, you know, I was just talking about this with a friend of mine yesterday, like fame itself is like not, it's a thing, you know, like it's very hard for people to not come out of it feeling very heavy and, Mm -hmm. you know, having mental side effects. And for whatever reason, like, man, I can't find your ego. Like when I'm, (laughs) when I, when I listen to you. What do you think that is? What do you wh- wh- like? I know you. I know you have worked beside people before, and heard of stories of like people who have the same kind of visibility as you, and they have egos, right? Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's fun to watch. Sometimes it's like <laughs> you admire their style and everything. But how did you end up just being? You got to know that about yourself. <laughs> um, I mean, to a degree, I don't know. That's probably part of it. Maybe it's just part of, you know, who we all are, you know, just a part of who we're meant to be or who what our natural existence is. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, a lot of that is obviously credit to uh, my family. You know, that's like the lame answer, you know, but but it is true. I mean, I come from two parents who are educators and um, I did grow up watching them um, be very selfless with their work. And, you know, um, to me, what I do is, is special and I'm, I'm grateful for it, you know, and I love what I do and I do know that it can impact people. But what I've seen teachers be able to do to me is, um, beyond anything I could do, you know, um, because I've seen my parents affect firsthand on, on children's lives and, you know, um, watching, you know, my mom be so, um, I I mean, I guess the best word is just invested in her and her students and really care about them in a real way. And she loves teaching and she's really, really good at it. And um, I think she's been able to save lives through it. I think she's been able to um, change lives with it. And I think that is a gift. And I often say, you know, if I wasn't doing this, I would probably be a teacher. Um, either a teacher or like a, I would love to go to school for psychology and, and learn about that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, I definitely credit to them and being able to watch 
their dedication to young people. And on top of that, it's just I just have a great amount of support, whether it be my all my siblings. I have tons of siblings. They're all older than me, so they're almost like aunts and uncles on top of being brothers and sisters. Really? How how many? Yeah, I have two older brothers, two older sisters. Whoa. Um, none of them, they, they don't want me to probably say their ages, but none of them are <laughs> under the age of 30. And they all have kids, some of which are older than me. <laughs> uh-huh. um, so I was born an auntie, which is cool. Um, but I have a lot of little ones too. And um, the little ones are also, I think, a huge guidance for me or um, source of inspiration or whatever because of just... Uh, a, just how much they don't care about what, what I do, but also how much they actually do care about what I do <laughs> when I'm not watching and what they and how they look to me when I'm when I'm when I'm not um, really knowing that they look to me. Because I think about my sister and I think about how much I idolized her um, when I was younger and how she probably never knew that, you know, like I wanted to wear like ripped jeans and lip gloss like she did. And, you know, and I, I thought she was so cool the way she slicked her hair every day or the way, you know, the whatever, you know, she did to me was just cool, you know, and I, and I didn't, I don't think she knew that until we got older and I told her and she was like, what, you know, so <laughs> they, we do watch, you know, I remember watching you on, um, Dancing with the Stars, and you killed it. <laughs> thank you, thank you. <laughs> you know, you ki- did you ever see it, P? Mm-mm. You killed it, like, each each week, man. What was the other competition, like, in comparison? She smoked them, man. Each week, you was killing it. And then I seen the lady win. I'm like, man, I ain't fucking with this no more. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, this being honest, man, you, you killed that. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, that was a I while was, ago. Uh, but... Yeah, I was 16. And, uh, wow. It's a very very stressful thing, but uh, really? but but I did. I'm I'm grateful for the experience. Because, how did you uh, feel? How how you feel? You done? Like was you bummed when when you didn't win, or you oh, just yeah. like? Mm-hmm. I was mad too. My though. my my family was mad too. <laughs> nah, they, listen, they they, but, they robbed uh, you, man. You yeah, killed it, but you know what are you gonna do? It's television yeah, people, yeah, you yeah, know. It is what um, it is. But but yeah no it was I mean it was cool just just to learn all those different kinds of form of ballroom dancing really was the coolest part um, yeah and uh, dope now I can say I know how to cha cha and like stuff like that which is cool if I need to whip it out you know <laughs> yeah before we forget I I, I want to say that uh, I was born an auntie you should write that down and save it it should be the title of something you work on yeah it's a fun fact about me I think also emotionally. And I was born an auntie, like spiritually, I was born, you know, it's it's the joke, you know, that everyone says when they meet me or when they get to know me. It's like, you're just like an old lady. It's true. Uh, I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I kind of always have been. I don't know. It just, you know, something in me feels like I've been here before, which is, uh, which is cool, I guess. The waters are deep there. It's not like a, it's not a glass of water. That's an, that's a, there's an ocean. Well, thank you. Yeah. Well, where, do you, where is your family from? Um, most everybody's from Oakland. Um, so I can attribute things to that as well. <laughs> I yes. think Oakland mm-hmm. people are very special. People from the Bay are very special. Yeah. Yeah. Some in the water, I guess. I don't know. But, um, mm-hmm. uh, I think it's that, um, that deep culture. You still live there? No, I don't. I, my grandmothers do. So I visit my grandmothers really is the only reason why I go back to Oakland. My grandma still lives in the same house. She's always lived in my whole life. My other grandma lives in Oakland as well. And mm. I just go up there to hang out with them, really. 
Um, I haven't been able to, obviously, because of coronavirus and everything, but I, I talked to him on the phone. How did you end up working at such a young age if you were living in Oakland? So it's interesting. Um, I was a really, really shy kid, right? I, I, like, my parents went to seminars and stuff for, like, parents of shy children. I did kindergarten twice because I was too afraid to ask for help in class. So I would fall behind because I was too nervous to raise my hand or to interact in the classroom. So it was going to be detrimental, right, to my learning or progression. So their theory was, you know, you just have to try things. You don't have to like it and you don't have to keep going if you don't like it. Like, you can just try it once. If you love it, you keep going. If you don't, you don't have to do it again, but you have to try. Like, I remember my first dance class, I was like, uh, you know, crying and like wouldn't want to let go of my mom's leg, like, you know, that kind of thing. And then by the end, I was like having the best time ever, you know. So that was kind of their theory. And in a lot of ways, I'm grateful for that because I always wanted to be an artist. I always wanted to kind of do what I saw because I grew up in the um, Shakespeare theater. My mom, her second job, she was teacher during the day and at night she was the house manager of the California Shakespeare Theater since I was like maybe two years old. And so I spent a lot of nights at the California Shakespeare Theater as a very, very young child watching Shakespeare and being completely taken by the art of whatever these people were doing. I didn't know really what it was, but I was obsessed with the whole process. I would ask to watch tech rehearsals. I would ask to stay up late and just like be a part of the process in any way I could. And I watched the plays over and over and over again. Um, and so it was clearly something I wanted to do, but I was very afraid to try. But I think I did small, small like theater productions at like, you know, um, different small, more community theater programs like around my area. And then um, we had a family friend who had was like working in L.A. or whatever. And, you know, it just was like a meeting. And, you know, thankfully I had parents who were like, I was like, I think this is what I want to do. Like, and they were like, we support you. And if this is it, let's just give it a shot. And I met my my manager who I'm still with. <laughs> wow. But she was like, I'm going to get you something by this time. And she was like, she was like, I'm getting you a something. You're getting a show. Mm. You're getting booked on something. And um, for about six or seven months, my dad and I would drive up and back from Oakland to L.A. several times a week for auditions, callbacks. That was a bit difficult at the time because uh, traveling is expensive, right? So we used to try to find really cheap deals on online, you know, whatever. And then it just got to be too expensive and we just decided to drive, which is also a massive commitment. <laughs> and then on top of that, I was trying to, you know, go to regular school, which is also difficult. Did you even go to a regular high school? No. <laughs> I did not. Mm. Um, by the time high school rolled around, I was already... Um, on fire! Shooting stuff <laughs> um, I was already shooting stuff so I had a, a um, different high school experience when you were uh, acting before you uh, started going to LA what was it that resonated with you that gave you the confidence that you thought that this was something you wanted to stay doing right um was um, there like an actual moment where you performed something and you were like oh this feels good I mean, I always say my debut performance uh, was me. Um, it was like a school production of James and the Giant Peach. And um, I auditioned and I got the role of the silkworm, which if anybody knows, the silkworm doesn't have any lines. It's just a worm and it just stands, it just lays there um, <laughs> and reacts to what everybody else is doing. 
Um, that was my debut performance. And as funny as it sounds, like, I thought it was, like, it was special. Why? Because, like, you know, the, it's the joke of, like, you know, act, you know, it's not a joke, but it is that corny thing of, like, acting is reacting, right? But I had, um, I really enjoyed, like, sitting there, having no lines, but just being engaged the entire time, you know, like reacting as things were happening, even if I didn't have anything to do, um, and really being present as my silkworm, right? No such thing as uh, small parts. <laughs> and so I, um, I, I did, did my best with that role, you know, and I think what's really cool, because I was actually talking to a friend about this the other day. Um, I think, I don't know if I fell in love with, um, like, I don't do what I do because I fell in love with movies so much. I, like, I think a lot of people fall in love with movies and that's why they want to be an actor. I think I just fell in love with acting, right? I fell mm. in love with being able to be these other characters or living vicariously through these people or having this empathy for these people that may be different from you. And I think part of it may have been because I was so shy, I got to kind of mm. explore different facets of who I was and kind of be someone else and... In that, I was able to come out of my comfort zone because if I was a character that I wasn't, you know, I wasn't nervous, you know, I was, mm -hmm. I got to kind of step into this thing um, or this like alter ego or whatever, you know, and I think that's what it allows for me um, in a lot of ways. Um, and so, yeah, I don't know. I just, I love, you know, the acting part. So I think that that's really, it kind of acts as a, like a vehicle for me to be more, I don't know. I don't know. It's not necessarily confident, but like more able to be expressive or to be more less fearful, right? About whatever it may be, you know, cause I'm a character. I can do this because it's not me, you know? And it's, um, <laughs> mm -hmm. and that's, it's kind of interesting in a way. So, so would you say the silkworm is, is like, yo, that's when you got the bug? I think that's when I was like, I actually really enjoyed myself. Like, I didn't have a big role, but that was really fun, <laughs> you know? And then I kind of just kept doing, like, little things like that, you know? Mm. And then how did you get into singing from uh, after you started doing acting and stuff? Um. Well, I always just, like, love to sing, you know? I have a family of people who sing, and I've always loved music. I think also because um, my dad is... Um, He's also a musician, you know, he plays the drums and loves jazz music, which for me as a child, I mean, was like, oh my God, like, I hated it. Like, <laughs> you know, I made, my parents made me go to all these jazz festivals and I was just like, are you kidding me? Like nonstop, you know, but I'm so grateful, right, for that yeah. as an adult. And now I love it, you know, and I'm so grateful for the music I was introduced to at a younger age because... I mean, that I think has formed, I guess, my my taste and my my love for music in a different way, which at the time I didn't really have any, uh, you know, respect for, you know. But now as an adult, I'm like, yo, this is, I'm, gl I'm very glad that I was taken to those festivals. I'm very glad I was taken to those concerts, you know. And that was how I entered, you know, loving music. I used to sleep, curl up next to my dad's drums, you know, while he would play. So, wow. Mm. yeah, I'm I'm grateful for that. You know, the funny thing is any child that is raised around jazz music or classical music end up being like really super smart. I mean, I think in, in general, like, you know, I, I just have an appreciation for different music. 
Too short? Too short. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Blow the Whistle is actually the first rap song I learned every every lyric to. Um, oh, wow, really? For, oh, wow. for obvious reasons, given Shout that out too short, that's where man. I'm from. Um, but a lot of Al Green, you know, like a lot of... Mm. Um, what else does my dad love? Um, a lot of like... But it was a lot of jazz artists that like aren't really very well known. Some of them were very like local jazz artists. So I, I don't really remember their names. My dad had a jazz band of his own that I still remember all his songs to. Like I obviously it's not, um, there was no lyrics to it, but I can remember the melodies to all of them. Um, oh, that's amazing. Yeah. It was really, it was really cool. You used to record it downstairs. It tripped me out. Mm. Cause I was, I was watching one of your interviews to uh, like do some recon here. Mm-hmm. And they asked you what your favorite song was, and you said a song for you by Donny Hathaway. If I could choose a voice to sound like, it would be Donny Hathaway. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I mean, well, I've been actually listening to a lot of Donny Hathaway re- recently. Is there a favorite? See, the thing is you got to be in the mood because, like, it can really, like, get you in your feelings, you know what I mean? Yes. Um, But I've been listening to um, kind of the, the top ones are Young, Gifted, and Black. Yes. His—, his rendition which ironically is on my sweatshirt right now but uh yeah that or thank you master his thank you master is like okay (laughs) see (laughs) we are connected beyond oh my god beyond um man thank you master is one of his do you okay can i show you something right now just so you know how real what you just said is you ready for this i'm ready for this (laughs) no bullshit (laughs) my soul right there oh, it says shit. thank you master oh wow that's why that's one of my tattoos thank you wow. master mm. and yeah that is thank you master for my soul mm. that's deep you gave me food to eat you put shoes on my shoes feet on my feet and mm. you blessed me and I just want to say thank you what lord I know I haven't been so good this week but you continue to bless me. Oh, mm-hmm. come on now. Woo! Come on now. That one. And have you ever heard this song called Take a Love Song? Mm-mm. Take a love song and sing it. Oh, my God. It's take a, a strong, strong smile and use it. Wait till Oof. you hear it. It's amazing. Yeah. I mean, and that's the thing. The voice, It's the, it's the voice for me. It's the tone for me. It's the control for me. Um, yeah, I, I can't say enough about Donny Hathaway, but um, mm. but yeah, just that whole that whole kind of album and the ghetto and you know like Ooh. all the stuff in there. Um, but all of which I was introduced. I actually specifically remember sitting in the back seat of my dad's car and he played a song for you, and that's when it became my favorite song. I think I was like must have been like six, yeah, or seven, and I didn't know what I was listening to, but for some reason, I think it was the first time that a, a song kind of made me feel like truly melancholy. And like, yeah. I felt like this, like, um, you're a kid, you know, everything's yeah. wonderful and whatever, but like truly like a deep sadness and, or a deep longing or something in his voice. And in that song that I was like, I, it's not, it's not my favorite song. Cause it makes me feel the best. It's my favorite song. Cause it makes me feel the most, you know? And ironically, when we, I think subconsciously Sam, the creator of Euphoria, I think he already knew this, but in the final episode of Euphoria, that song is in it. 
and I had said it before to him, I, and I I mentioned it in like uh, an interview or something that I know he'd seen. And um, so when I went in to watch the final episode of Euphoria, because it was supposed to be a song that kind of went over this montage of, of Rue's life before she she relapses. And um, when I heard the, like, I was like waterworks. Like I just started crying so hard wow. watching it back. And I was just like, I was like, Sam, you know, this is my song. And he was like, what? And I was like, this is my song. And um, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, that's all time favorite. Wow. It's great. Did he tell See? you how it ended up being in there? Um, I th- I think subconsciously he knew that was my favorite song. I think it was like already kind of sitting in his mind because I just did an interview and like it had just come out. So I think it was kind of just sitting there. But I think he has a beautiful knowledge of music as well. Like he loves music too um, and picks the best stuff. I got to get that on my ride. The next time I ride, I listen to yes. Donnie. Yes. And then, I mean, Someday we'll all be free. You know, that. Oh, oh, yeah. that's an uplifter. Up that makes you feel good if you need that. the world. Woof. Mm-hmm. As it spins around. He's I got to listen to Donnie on the way home, V. Woof. <laughs> way home. Oh, have you heard um, on that same Donnie Live album, as what his, his version of what's going on is unbelievable. Mm. But the Beatles got a song that they did that he remade called Jealous Guy. I haven't heard his, his version of that. I mean, I'll listen to him sing anything. He could yeah. sing me the alphabet. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it's the way he sings. It, that song mm-hmm. isn't as good as Thank You, Master, or Take a Love Song. I cannot wait. When you hear Take a Love Song, you have to- I'm going to do that right me. after this. Absolutely. You got to ping me and just be like, oh, I heard it. Yeah, <laughs> it's a, absolutely. It's a, it's a treat. Because you know, a lot of his songs go down emotionally, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, and this one is, it like lifts you. Mm. It like- it's one of those ones that lift you. I mean, someday right. we'll all be free. It's like that too. Yeah. Have you heard his daughter, Layla? Oh, yes. Have you heard her ha- harmonize with herself? <laughs> Have you heard, heard that? Yes. <laughs> yes. Have you heard her literally split her vocal cords in half and sing with herself? Yes. She's crazy. She's, oh my God. I'm just wait, saying, wait, wait, you, if wait. anybody has seen it, YouTube that shit. You got, can you, can you kind of break that down to me? Split her vocal cords. I don't know how she's doing it. Nobody but does. But she essentially... Hits two notes. She yeah. sings two notes at the same time. Oh, I got to Google this. It's crazy. I I mean, obviously, I can't do it. I'm not gifted in that way. But she is, yeah. It's... She's, so I've watched that video so many times, just rewind and been like, what? <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't know. And whenever she, co- whenever she covers You're My Angel by Anita Baker... Mm. I, my eyes just well up. It's just, yeah. it's, it's just not even, it's not right that someone <laughs> has that kind of control that can just mm. mesmerize you like that and just make you emotional. Her dad was right. the same way. They have that right. thing. When they know a song and the sort of the it. right, the right chord change and the right melody, what they do to it when they sing it because mm-hmm. of their tones and the way that they yes, pronounce the, the words. and the use of breath. Like, it's the even distribution of breath in every line. Like, you can hear it. This is only our third conversation. And it just feels like, I'm telling you, it feels like I've known you for so long. Yeah. No, I feel that too. I feel that too. Maybe a sister in a past life. Yes, absolutely. So we know you're recording Spider-Man right now. You're doing any music? I am not doing music. I mean, I love music. You know, 
I love it not because I really want to be a, a pop star or anything like that, but just because I like to write music and I like to uh, listen to it and I like to be creative in that way. And I use it as like, you know, as a, as an outlet, you know, as mm -hmm. a place to get all the things out in a, in a different way if I can't get it out. But um, um, I like to, yeah, I like to kind of keep to myself with the music stuff, you know. The music industry is different. And I, um, <laughs> when I am <laughs> ready to <laughs> get into it again, it will be on different kind of terms. But for me, you know, acting has become that priority because it's something that I've fed into and has fed me back, you know. Gotcha. Um, and in an emotional way, in a, you know, whatever way, I just feel taken care of. I, I actually asked about you. I inquired about you musically a couple of years ago. Really? Mm hmm. I was like, what is she doing musically? I wanted to I wanted to hear and wanted to see what you were up to. I would love for you to go back on Dancing with the Stars and get your revenge. <laughs> smoke them, smoke yeah, that's my big, that's my next big, big move. Listen, go back up there After and smoke whoever's up there. After Spider-Man. My return to the, uh, yes. to the ballroom floor. <laughs> Do you think you're, you're, you'll ever uh, write or direct a film or TV? Absolutely. Um, I think Sam has pushed me more to, to um, I don't know. I, I guess I'm still a bit shy in that sense, right? I don't like making mistakes. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't like putting myself in situations where I could make a mistake, which I think can also be... Um, can also, you know, it can hold you back, that fear of failure, you know, mm -hmm. um, in any kind of way. And so I think that when it comes to directing, um, it's really putting yourself out there in a huge way. You know, as an actor, I'm executing a director's vision, right? I'm executing someone else's kind of ideas. Um, mm -hmm. But as a director, you're really the captain of your ship. This is your baby. You know, this is your work fully. Um, and so... It's scary in that sense, you know, but I think through euphoria and, and, and being able to be so close to Sam and then I'll go off and do, you know, Malcolm and Marie together, which was really, really, you know, the first time that I uh, creatively just allowed myself to say, you know what, I trust myself, I trust my instincts and, and this is special and I want to do this. And we did it. What is that project about for people who don't know? Um, it, I mean, it's basically, you know, um, kind of birthed within um quarantine conversations that Sam and I had wanting to create something and wanting to do it safely um because I was like you know I I really wanted to to be creative and I hadn't worked in a long time um through that year anyway the last thing I really acted on was euphoria um and then I just kind of had a year of n not not really doing any acting um and I, I I really I really missed what I what I love, and um, and I was like, listen, I'll do whatever you know. We can, you know, we had some weird he had some weird ideas, um, and we were like, literally, we could just shoot something in your house, you, me, and Marcel, who was our cinematographer on uh, our DOP on Euphoria, and just like shoot it in my house, and you know, see if we come up with something. Um, but then it kind of turned into something a little bit 
a little bit more special than that, <laughs> than just something that I would record, you know, um, film in my home. Um, and, you know, we started bouncing ideas back and forth and it became, you know, he called me one day with this beautiful idea of just two people in a home, a relationship piece, almost like a play, um, of just two characters existing in this space together, going through something in their relationship. Um, and that's really all it is. And we were going to shoot it in black and white on film. Um, very, very small crew of people because we used everyone, uh, a small crew of people from Euphoria who also, you know, had been um, out of a job too because Euphoria was had been stopped months before that. So um, we got our little crew together. We made a, a bubble. Um, we all quarantined and stayed in our um, this very small area in the middle of nowhere, shot this shot in this house in the middle of nowhere. We weren't allowed to like leave or go anywhere. And uh, yeah, it was very special because it was like, you know, it was like a, like an indie, you know, I'm, I'm doing my own hair and makeup in the bathroom and, you know, brought a lot of my clothes to help with set deck. And, you know, I was my shoes in the background and whatever. And we're, you know, we have no AD. So we're figuring out continuity and stuff like that on our own and having to remember where we put things and the order and all that stuff. Um, and we, that we, is I mean, special. We, yeah, we luckily got to shoot it um, in order, but um, it was just like, I want to say it was 14 days, 14 nights that we shot it, and we um, it was just us, and, you know, we got to workshop it together and, you know, block things out and figure it out and write as, and Sam was writing as we go. We'd have conversations in the middle of the scene, be like, this doesn't feel right, and then he, you know, go back and forth and rewrite it and, you know, it was it was really special. I've never been able to do something that level of like not just intimate, but that level of collaboration, you know, with all of us. Um, and it was it was really special. But that being said, I think through Euphoria and through that, I've really um, not only I love the idea of directing, but I really love the idea of uh, of cinematography as well. Like I I uh, I just think that it's so interesting. So many times on Euphoria, I just like watched that process, you know, just making every frame beautiful. Every frame means something. Um, and how long it took, I really didn't didn't mind the setup because I, I just got to be there and watch them do it. And like, what is the difference with, you know, the different nets, the different filters, the different, you know, lenses and, you know, asking those questions and Things like that. It was. It was, It's just been really, really cool to learn. So I mean, maybe I'd like to learn a bit, a bit of. Maybe one day I'll be a DOP. Maybe one day I'll just be a director. I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll see. It's it's interesting that you brought up Euphoria and that because when I watch that show, you feel like uh, well, the director and the cinematographer are conscious of how music's going to be used in the shots that they take. It's almost like a music video, like the way uh, it's shot. I've learned so much from them. I mean, about, like you said, about the music aspect and how much music, how crucial it is to the show. Um, about camera movements. I mean, Sam does not like steady cams. Everything is, you know, on a dolly. And there's a reason for that. You know, I think because of, he says, you know, because of the structure of the show and how kind of all over the place it is being on a dolly and, and those whip, those dolly ins and those whip pants and things like that really bring a structure to the show. Wow. Um, and you know, everything is intentional, you know, everything they do is intentional. And, um, 
and I love and I love learning and watching them do their work. Um, brilliant, like really just brilliant people. Yeah, I mean, I love the I love the content and how the show is written, but I think uh, one thing that maybe isn't talked about as much is how the technical parts of that show mm. were put together are so good. Yeah, they they're I mean. It may take a long time, but it's worth it. <laughs> you know, it is the the shot is worth it at the end of the day. I remember there was this one scene we were doing, is Rue, um, the you know she's dealing with depression in the episode, and we were in my bedroom set for like three, four days, and it was like, and I just like I swear I feel like we're shooting the same thing over and over again. Like this is crazy. Because I just am in this bed watching Love Island repeatedly, you know, and she's, you know, she's watching Love Island and she's, you know, kind of going through this thing. And and that was like, I could, like, I know that we were doing all these setups, but I just felt like I'm just doing the same thing all day. And then he said, Z, come here. And we went upstairs to the editing room and he showed me what had already been edited from those three days and it was beautiful. And I was like, oh shit, <laughs> we're really doing something. Hold on. Okay. Got it. No problem. You know, but like I, I didn't even, you know, I mean, by that point I was a little bit, you know, delirious from working so much, but um, I think we all were, but they put so much time and effort to, to everything, every, every shot, every moment. So, yeah. By the way, I love how self-aware he is that he showed you it so you could understand yeah. where it was headed. That's amazing. I feel like Sam may be prepping you. Yeah. I mean, that's why I told him. He was like, listen, you're going to be directing by, you know, whatever. And I say, well, you got, that means you got a year to teach me. Mm -hmm. Like, let's go. That's cool, <laughs> you know, man. so second season Euphoria, I will be, um, I will be all up in the mix. I'm going to be on set as much as I can. I'm going to be asking a lot of questions. I'm just going to be, I'm going to be there a lot, you know, so I can really. Um, take it in as much as I can and learn as much as I can so that one day when the time I am ready, hopefully um, you got I'll it. be able to know what the hell I'm doing. I think you'd be all right. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so impressive. Yeah. So yeah. impressive, man. I know. That's what I hate about these kids today. They just know, I know exactly man, what, what was I doing <laughs> <laughs> uh, They're prepared. Yeah, a little bit. But yeah, no, I, I mean... I, in a huge way, I don't, I don't know what I'm doing. None of us know what we're doing. You know, that's, that's the point. You know, we're all human at the end of the day. So I'm just trying to do the best I can like anybody else and just take my time and, and uh, be gentle with myself in the process. Mm -hmm. Well, it sounds like you're doing it right. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you. Definitely. I'm trying. Would you consider yourself shy still? Do you know, it comes in and out. Okay. It depends. I've actually gotten much better at it. Um, mm, yeah. a, f a few years ago, maybe more like, yeah, maybe a few years ago, I had to teach myself to um, to learn how to like engage with people. Cause like I would go places like to events and stuff and I'd be so quiet. And I think people thought I was like cold or something mm -hmm. because I just was too nervous to talk to people. Um, so, you know, for my job and for my work, I gotta, you know, I had to like try to, you know, step outside of my comfort zone and like ask people questions, say hello, have a conversation. Now, now I'm, now I maybe do it too much. Now I'm like, you know, I see a stranger and I, I do want to talk and have a conversation, <laughs> you know, I want to get to know this person. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I think it, I've gotten a lot better at that. You know, <laughs> I've gotten a lot better at, uh, I would too. never think it was ever in there ever. 
Really? <laughs> well, that's yeah, because good. That that's means because, I've been doing well. <laughs> because shyness really isn't inside of someone. Shyness is a filter. And mm. what it is, is I've just been able to see what's in there only. You know what I'm saying? So it's like the, mm. that film or that like filter of shyness is just not in the way. So we can mm. see what is in there. What's in there is like fire. <laughs> well, well, I appreciate that. It's um, yeah, yeah it's, it's learned. It's learned, you know. Like you said, it's a filter. It's something that you choose to put up, you know. Um, really? And I think to a degree, like it's a protection, it's a protective mechanism sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think something like Euphoria helped me be less worried about that. Um, or less in need of that because of the vulnerability that was required for something like that. And, um, yeah, so I just got a lot, a lot, a lot better at it, you know? So I've now, now I'm a lot more comfortable and I I don't mind, you know, having conversations and getting to know people and, and not being nervous about it. But, um, but yeah, there was a time where it was a little bit more difficult. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Well, we are thoroughly, thoroughly impressed, sis. Straight up, like you're something else, and um, thank you very, very much. It's like you're like that cool. Well, thank you. It's that good. All of you are extremely cool, and I'm I'm very lucky to have shared this, you know, space virtually with all of you. <laughs> you know, this is very, very special, and um, you know, it's uh, it's very rare. You know, sometimes where you do things like this, where you feel comfortable, and you can just talk, and it feels like a conversation, and you mm-hmm. know. Stuff like that. I don't know. So thank you for that. Nah, man, thank you. And whatever you're doing musically, like don't, don't, don't leave me out. Like please. Share. Okay, I'll, li- I'll <laughs> let wanna you know. I want to see it. I want to hear it. I want to hear that voice because I heard that vibrato just now too. It's you know I'm, I'm sitting there you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> here. She's been on vocal rest, you know what I'm saying? But she in there. Well, that's it for this episode of Other Tone Tone Tone. Zendaya, thank you so much. We enjoyed it. I definitely did. Have a blessed day. Thank you, man. Thank you so much. I, pre- I appreciate I appreciate this whole experience. Beautiful. Other Tone Tone Tone. We need you guys to all hit that subscribe button and follow us on Instagram too. New episodes drop every Monday. Other Tone is available wherever you get podcasts, like everywhere. Everywhere. And they got to hit us where? I got to text us on this number, man. If you missed it, here it is again. 757-767-4431. Hit us up. Other Tone is hosted by Pharrell Williams, Fam Lay, and Scott Venner. Executive producers, Pharrell Williams, Scott Venner, and Moses Shoyula. Engineers, Mike Larson, Mike Hernandez. Theme music is by Thundercat. Othertone is produced in collaboration with the team at Gilded Audio. Ivana Tucker, Whitney Donaldson, and Nick Dooley. <laughs>